Well, g'day everyone. Welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy. I have the great joy and privilege of bringing you this show each and every week. It comes from a little place called Wollongong, but we're going everywhere with this program. Big cheerio to all of our partnering radio stations right around the country. This is a, a show we put together to contribute primarily to the wonderful ministry, that's what it is, of Christian radio. And we're doing so very much as part of an ecumenical contribution to the wonderful way that Christian Radio encourages people, nurtures people in their in their discipleship. And I've got some awesome people to help us do that this week. We're so full of gratitude to our Godspot presenters each and every week. They only go for a few minutes, but they're often the distilled stories and reflections and prayerfulness of many, many years of journeying in faith. And we're really lucky to have them this week. You're going to be hearing from some really wonderful people. And a lot of the stuff that we've got this week is coming from our Advent series called The Sign, which has gone out as a little booklet, literally all around the country, in fact, beyond that. I think we're up to about 80 or 90,000 copies that we've had to get printed this year because it's just growing in popularity. And this week we've got Father Chris Sarkis in just a, the most wonderful piece that he's called Prepare a Way for the Lord, inviting us to sainthood, which is just a great calling, but absolutely what we're called to. We're all called to be saints. We're going to hear from Brother Lewis Harwood as well. He's from over in New Zealand. He's got a piece for us called Returning to the Land of Hope. And it's a reflection, again, journeying towards Advent that we have in our daily readings, set down for masses that are held each day leading into it from Isaiah 40. Some beautiful imagery that he's breaking open there for us. Father Tony Percy's with us. We've started breaking open Mark's Gospel over the course of the next 12 months. That will be the, the basis of the readings right through all of the Sundays journeying through the new liturgical year, which starts with Advent. Mother Hilda Scott, of course, she's with us each and every week. What a joy it is to have her. Wisdom from the Abbey is her segment. But to kick us off, we're going to be hearing from Father John Newen. He's breaking up in this week's Sunday Gospel, which is from Mark 1, 1 to 8, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And he's asking us in his Gospel reflection to see the living babe of Christmas, with a bit of a reference to the fact that this year is the 800th anniversary of the creation of the Nativity scene, which St. Francis of Assisi came up with 800 years ago, and it's just grown and grown and grown since then, a tradition of remembering the incarnation, remembering God coming to us as a vulnerable little child. I've heard that described as the, uh, the secret invasion that no one, no one was expecting he could have chosen to come in so many different ways and different forms, but did so in complete vulnerability and taking on flesh with all of its vulnerability and all of its humility. Well, he gave it its humility. And it's the 800th anniversary of what is now commonplace for us, nativity, nativity scenes. I love seeing them. You still see them in shopping centres and that sort of stuff around the place. They're in most churches, and so they should be, because in that simple scene is the advent of God's saving plan. Let's hear from Father John after we hear the gospel proclaimed now. Then we'll be into some music at Boswell. Come behold the wondrous mystery. And then after the break, Mother Hilda Scott is, uh, well, she's got a story for us that she'd called The Freezer Man. Lots to get through this week. I better jump to it. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Look, 
I am going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare a way for the Lord, make his path straight. And so it was that John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All Judea and all the people of Jerusalem made their way to him, and as they were baptised by him in the river Jordan, they confessed their sins. John wore a garment of camel skin, and he lived on locusts and wild honey. In the course of his preaching, he said, Someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father John Newen. Exactly 800 years ago, in a little Italian town called Greccio, in St. Francis of Assisi, staged the first nativity scene resembling Bethlehem. It was simple and and a live one too. In a cave decked with hay and some farm animals, people gathered with their candles and torches to celebrate Christmas. For the Christ child, he resorted to a carved image, a wooden doll. And that night, people witnessed St. Francis going up to the lifeless child and gently waking it from a deep sleep. That baby statue came to life. It was all intentional. St. Francis wanted to do something that will recall the memory of the little child who was born in Bethlehem. It certainly worked then, and is still working to this day if we are open to it. Any nativity scene recreates the incarnation, Christ dwelling among us. Beyond this most important scene of the babe of Christmas... Mother Mary, St. Joseph, shepherds and wise men, there can be found other figures. People depicted occupied with everyday things and without a clue or indifferent to the fact that their Saviour is dwelling among them. And not so much has changed with regards to these people going about their business despite Christ right there in front of them. There are people who take no notice of Christ in Christmas. The message of St. John the Baptist of repentance in today's gospel is for all of us to take this time of Advent to prepare for Christmas. It involves a a deep preparation of our lives and souls for Christ. This will require us to get rid of all the worldly noise in our life to make a straight path for the Lord. Then welcome Christ with pure hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This year, choose to see the living babe of Christmas like St. Francis did. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Mystery in the dawning of the king. 
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. The freezer man came the other day. Our walk-in freezer was on the blink. And since we cook for over 50 people almost every day, the issue of a dodgy freezer was somewhat serious. The freezer man strolled into the kitchen, looked up at the temperature, walked inside the freezer, looked at the fan, and then ambled outside to work away at a piece of machinery a fair distance from the freezer. I'll check the gas, he said quietly as he walked out. It's not that. I'll look for a leak. This was said as a simple matter of fact. Our freezer man is an honest, competent chap who's looked after the fridge and freezer for some years now. I trust him. So I went away and did what I had to do and he worked away elsewhere, neither of us within cooey of the freezer that wasn't working. One could be tempted to say, hey, where have you gone? The broken freezer is over here. After some considerable time, I came back into the kitchen just as he was getting ready to leave. Keep your eye on it, he instructed. The unit's pretty old. We didn't replace it last time because it had a fair bit of life left in it. I'll be back in a month's time. I can hear the parts that need replacing. But, like I said, keep an eye on it. And if anything happens, get right on to me. And away he went, leaving me totally reassured. I have kept my eye on it, and so far so good. But it makes me think... Sometimes you and I ask God for things. We present our dodgy freezers of heart and mind, our broken-down dreams, our matters of dire necessity, and he doesn't seem to be on the job at all. We can't feel him. There are no signs that anything is getting better. Yet all the while, he is listening to the bits that need replacing, tenderly feeling the parts that are plain worn out. He's checking the gas of grace that keeps us ticking over and alert for whatever the leakage is that stops us from living at full stream. He gives us instructions in his word. Ask and you shall receive. Trust in me. Whenever you hear the instructions, you can be very sure he is indeed on the job, even though he looks as though he hasn't come anywhere near you. Oh, and by the way, don't worry. If whatever is concerning you breaks down again, he'll be back. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. Amazing how she can take something like a dodgy freezer and turn it into a great story about God being able to come and tinker and fix and replace and do what he needs to in our lives for his purpose. Wonderful. Thank you so much to Mother Hilda Scott. I need a big freezer down there at the Abbey in Jamboree, walk-in freezer, There's a lot of beautiful women there who've dedicated their lives to daily prayer and pretty much prayer every three hours right through the night too. They're getting up in the middle of the night and they're praying for you and for me and for the world that God's will be done. Pretty powerful to know that there are people doing that and women like Mother Hilda and that wonderful band of women down there, That that's that's their life, the power of intercession. I was a bit taken aback a little while ago when one of the nuns said to me, you know, we pray for you every day. I went, what? Yep, yeah, pray for you and we pray for the journey and pray for all the things that uh, are going on in, in, in the church and in, and in our little diocese. How powerful is that when you know you've got holy women like that praying for you every day? Felt surrounded, felt protected. All right, after the break.
you're going to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. He comes from Canberra, Goulburn. He's been with us right throughout this year. He joined us a little bit into the year, and his, his stuff's just been so amazing. It's called The Word. It's available online if you look for Father Tony Percy. He's got all of his stuff there. Mind you, can go to jcr.org.au, and we've got all the stuff each and every week recorded for you as well, any of these things from Mother Hilda Scott or Father Tony, anyone. It's all there for you. Go and just click on their photo, and you can look at anything that they've done recently or as far back into the past as you like, all there for you to use free. Lots of people do use it in small group activities and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes they hear something on a show like today and they go, oh, wish I could give that to this person. Well, you can. Just click on the link, open it up, and you can send them the link, which is great. Well, he's going to be talking to us about the prologue in Mark's Gospel because that's where we're journeying this year right through the Gospel of Mark. It is such a good explanation of what the Gospel of Mark is all about. That's after the break. Here's Lauren Daigle, Light of the World. We'll have some Chris Tomlin in the mix as well. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you joined us this week on The Journey.
Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Go tell it on the mountain The one that we've been waiting for The King of our salvation Born on this day our Savior Christ the Lord Go tell it on the mountain Over Father Tony Percy. This week, Mark's Prologue. So the second Sunday of Advent, and again, it's the Gospel of Mark. Amazingly, to me at least, and I'm sure to a few people, that there really wasn't a significant commentary on Mark until the early Middle Ages, written by Bede the Venerable, we think. And uh, most of the ancient commentators preferred to look at Matthew and Luke and John because of their theological structure, perhaps. But of recent times, uh, there's been a lot of commentaries on Mark. The, the favourite one that I, that I like to refer people to is the one by Mary Healy, a fabulous 
a believing woman in the United States. It's a great commentary. She looks at the history and the language and the, the culture and brings it all together in a wonderfully uh, spiritually forming way so that the encounter you have with Christ is is really quite substantial. I, I've benefited, benefited, I should say, enormously from her commentary, no doubt about it. So uh, Mary Healy, The Gospel of Mark. Today we are presented with the, uh, the prologue and it's just only eight verses, the typical of Mark. It's the shortest gospel, shortest prologue. All of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, have prologues. In this prologue, consistent with John's prologue, we have the word beginning. So Mark says the beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in John, his prologue, he says in the beginning. So this is reminiscent, of course, of the book of Genesis, where we have in the beginning there was darkness and emptiness and chaos and then God speaks a word and out of the darkness comes light or light begins to emerge and then plentitude out of the emptiness and then order out of the chaos and so what Mark is saying here is look yes we had that beginning but here's a new beginning and this has got even more power more grace more beauty with it so expect something to be happening here as you let these uh, these teachings let the gospel uh, enter you through hearing and reading, mostly through hearing, because the gospel is proclaimed and that's the way it normally works. But nevertheless, you'll get it through reading as well. That's what we have this weekend is Mark, the, the, the prologue of Mark, uh, verses 1 through to 8. What he does in the middle of the prologue is to say, well, John the Baptist emerges and he says, look, I've come with a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin, which is is, is important enough. A good confession during Advent's a great thing for us to do. Then he says, but there's, as he finishes the prologue, there's one more powerful than me. He's coming and he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. He uses that phrase, as does John, the apostle, in the Holy Spirit, whereas Matthew and Luke like to talk about baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is a a wonderful point that Mark is making to us. He's setting us up to receive the encounter with Christ, the powerful encounter with Christ. It's a sort of like a little bouncing board in his gospel or a little cue to say what's about to happen. So yes, here comes the power in and through the teaching of Christ, his new teaching. It's got authority behind it. The healings of Christ. Mark highlights the, the powerful nature of the healings. Then the forgiveness of sin. This is the most powerful thing that Christ has come with, the forgiveness of our sins, the healing of our sins. And then most importantly for Mark, he sets us up to get ready for these four exorcisms, which are so powerful in his gospel. You'll find them in uh, chapters 1 and 3 and 5 and then 9. The 1 in 5 is the most potent, I think, although the 1 in 9 is also very potent because it talks about the apostles not being able to perform the exorcism because of their lack of faith. The one in five is incredible. Just go and read it and use all your senses to imagine how this rolled out. It's the most powerful miracle and must have had a, a major impact on the people. And I think that's why Mark gives it 20 verses in chapter five to help you encounter this great mystery of Jesus exorcising the demon. This is a big theme for Mark. The power of Christ has come to move the devil out of his out of the world and to secure uh, the kingdom of God for people. It's most powerful indeed. I'll just finish on this. 
This idea of the exorcism of the evil one uh, found its way into the baptismal liturgy. So important was it to the early Christians. And it's, uh, it's done just before a child or an adult is baptised. It's most important, talking about conquering the spirit of evil, the devil, and then bringing us, taking us out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing us into the wonderful kingdom of light. I think that what's happening with the decline of baptism in uh, the Western world, we're now starting to see more and more manifestations of the evil one. And one of the reasons I'm sure is for this is because that prayer, that exorcism prayer is not being prayed over people, not being given to people, not being received by people, because it gives them great security in their life from uh, the evil one. Have a great Advent and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much to Tony Percy there, Father Tony from down at uh, Canberra, Goulburn, based to Queenbeyan these days. He's a clever guy. I always have thought a mark of cleverness is to be able to take a whole big body of knowledge and put it really pithily into stuff that simple people like me can understand. And he's certainly done that in giving us a sense of what Mark's prologue in his gospel, that beginning part, was all about. After the break, we're going to be hearing from Father Chris Sarkis. He's from Rosemeadow Parish. Southwestern Sydney, it is booming out there. There are houses going up everywhere. There's a beautiful, beautiful church that he's got out there, such a place to honour and worship the Lord. And he's asking us to prepare a way for the Lord as he breaks open a quote from the second letter of Peter. It's awesome. You're going to love it. It's coming up after the break. First up, though, is some Matt Maher, hope for everyone. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you joined us on the journey. Hear the angels sing, there's hope for everyone. To announce our King, there's hope for everyone. What good news they bring, there's hope for everyone. Angels sing, there's hope for everyone. They came from afar. Wise men saw the star, there's hope for everyone. Shepherds heard the choir, there's hope for everyone. From afar, there's hope for everyone. We are waiting on the promise for the one who lights the darkness.
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Now, another Advent Reflection. This time, Father Chris Sarkis from the parish of Rose Meadow in the Diocese of Wollongong. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah reminded the chosen people that they would be liberated from their Babylonian exile to the Promised Land. John the Baptist, echoing Isaiah, reminds the people that the Messiah will liberate them from their slavery to sin to the freedom of the children of God. The church echoes John in today's second reading, reminding the new people of God, that is us, as Peter did, to live holy and saintly lives as you wait for the day of God to come in hope. We must seriously heed St Peter's advice and strive to live holy and saintly lives so that God will find us at peace and ready for him whenever that day comes for each of us. But how can we do this in today's post-Christian society that largely has not only become spiritually deaf to the voice of the church, but often actively opposes and works against it and the Christian message of the gospel? Only prayer sacrifice and graced personal holiness of life can straighten what has become twisted and buried in the moral and human turmoil of the lives of so many today. This will only happen when Christ is born again in the hearts of individual believers and families who, like leaven, can transform the world once more in the image and likeness of God, as happened when Christ was first born. And for this to happen, we must maintain a serious daily prayer life that includes reading and meditating on the sacred scriptures. And for our Catholic listeners, this will also include regular confession and worship at Mass and a solid devotion to Our Lady. These fundamentals are the Christian's roadmap of life. Without them, we will very quickly lose our hope and our way. Let us pray. Mary, Mother of the Word made flesh, pray for us. St Joseph, Guardian of the Redeemer, intercede for us. Wow, thank you so much to Father Chris Sarkis. I love whenever I can ducking out to uh, to Mass there and, and hearing him preach. He's such a good preacher. He's such a, a prayerful man and he's good fun too. Man of joy. Quick with a joke. Speaks the truth in love. It's exactly what I want from, from pastors when they're giving me direction in my life. And asking us there to really, in this time, allowing Christ to be born again in our hearts leading into into Christmas. Isn't that what Advent is all about? We've got another piece coming from another awesome fella, Brother Lewis Harwood. He's from over in New Zealand. He's also a contributor to our little Advent booklet series, which is called The Sign This Year. He is really breaking open for us a, a wonderful verse from Isaiah today which again we hear in the in the list of readings, the daily readings leading into Advent. Each day when we have daily Mass or Sunday Mass, we have a reading from uh, usually the Old Testament, 
then a psalm, then one from the gospel on Sundays. There's also a letter from one of the epistles. Well, the one that he's chosen to break open for us this week leading into Advent is from Isaiah 41 to 11. All about the consoling love of God. That's after the break. It's going to round out the show for us. Here's some more music, though. Sovereign Grace, prepare him room. And Brother Lewis Harwood will be up for us after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. We're getting near the end, but you're still on the journey.
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Now, another Advent Reflection. This time, Brother Lewis Harwood. In his I Have a Dream speech in 1963, the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. alluded to this beautiful passage from Isaiah chapter 40, that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5. This historical speech was partly inspired by today's first reading, where Isaiah, the prophet and poet, speaks with vivid imagery. The reading can be understood in appreciating the consoling love of God to watch over and care for us in times of distress and misadventure. In particular, how our hearts prepared for this inclusive dream, God's loving dream for us, and are we ready for this Kairos opportune moment? In today's gospel, it is comforting to believe in a God that leaves everything to search for us, God that leaves everything to encounter us, We may be the ones in the fold or the one gone off track, but God is still seeking us, however bruised and broken we are. The message is simple, to move out of the wilderness and return to the land of hope. During this Advent, what are the signs of hope springing up? Can we discern the sacred and hopeful signs in the world around us? Perhaps it is in the lyrics of a song, or it is in the reading of poetry, or in a homily at Mass, or a shared conversation encountered throughout the day. Whatever it may be, let us dream and be ready to receive the graces awaiting us. Let us pray. Loving God, you are the voice that yearns in our hearts. Bless us with the courage to prepare and respond to your presence, returning back to the joy of the gospel. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel.
chat this song of freedom. So on to us, a child is born, a son is given. Christafario, come, oh come, Emmanuel. I love that song. I love singing it. I love hearing it. I love bashing it out on the piano. Nothing better than uh, having an empty house and me being able to do that and and, uh, and bang into a few Christmas carols slash worship songs at home. I love it. I've had some great music on the show today. Thanks to Max Norton, who's put it all together. Thanks to Brother Lewis Harwood, who we just heard from to round out the show there. His piece called Return to the Land of Hope. Thanks to him. Thanks to... All of our contributors right throughout this show, we've heard from Father Chris Sarkis as well and Father Tony Percy, Father John Newen and Mother Hilda Scott. That's for week two of Advent. We're getting close, getting close to Christmas. Hope you're taking time to prepare the way of the Lord in your own heart and for the wonders. Let's not lose sense of the wonder of just how ridiculous this is that God would do what he did in this saving mercy mission for humankind. That's what Christmas is all about. We'll be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.